It's a good show. Hi, this is Jeffrey Gaines, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, and every Radio 8 Ball show features usually features a musical guest performing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And today we are using all of the musical guests who are housed in the Radio 8 Ball app as the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. They've all been all these songs have been performed on the show, and then they're some of my songs in there, too, to give an example of what songs you could buy, because I've explained that in earlier shows. I don't even need to get into it. But one of the artists who's here is actually in the app. This is the first one we've had, first guest on this show who's already been on the show as a musician, as a member of All Day Sucker. He's also a member, a drummer and a singer and uh, just a multi-instrumentalist with the Wild Honey Orchestra. Here he is, David Goodstein. Yeah. They just call him Goody for short. <laughs> so it's so funny, you know, when we when you were on the show with All Day Sucker, I couldn't get I couldn't get you to. How much to of the up. audience would know what that song was? That's what I want to know. That the Johnny the Johnny Carson mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, what's your uh, What's your demographic? Uh, demographic. I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's age. And I don't think it's age specific. But okay. I would. I would imagine that for the most part, it's older. You know, that that gum's gonna kill me. Really? Yeah, I should stop. It's, it's like a nervous thing. You know, I'm nervous. You make me nervous. Here, put it on Marzane's CD in the, oh, in wow. the cute place. Okay. Uh, oh, that's nice. A little bit of your DNA. Now I can clone you, David mm-hmm. Goodstein. There'll be good little little goodies running all over the place, all over Washington. Jordan Summers will be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you are a member of All Day Sucker. I am. And uh, and I love it's. I'm the new guy. One of my favorite bands. The new guy in a band that's like. So you've been in the band for how long? Uh that's a good question. I think I've been in the band. I don't know. Maybe 2010. So. I think. So eight years, and you're still like this I met those guys in 2002. Yeah, 2001. I met Morty. Well, it's a it, yeah. You're a fantastic addition to the band. You totally thank you. Totally fit, and I don't and that and in some circles that might not even be considered a compliment. <laughs> but <laughs> in this one, I don't think it is either. <laughs> well, but <laughs> I was hanging out with the with the three with you and Morty and Jordan after one of the rehearsals, and listen, I looked over at Jordan, and I was like, I feel like Jane Goodall. <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm yes, yes. planet of the Jewish apes. Yeah, I'm just, there's a, there's a, this, I'm watching this different kind of species, like, interact the way you guys all talk to each other. And, and that's what would make sense with Morty and Jordan because they've known each other since they were kids. It's, yeah, you it's like, drop right in there and you are completely no, one of the family. It's like a Yiddish petri dish. I love it. It's just like <clears throat> these guys, you're just yelling, like, 
no, it's like this. No, it's like this. And he's not. And the but other that's one's talking. Not I know. I love and it. It makes me so comfortable. Our people don't call that yelling. I know. It's called whispering. I love it. It makes me so happy because I, you know, I like I said on our show when we were on, uh, I'm a Jew who lives in a very not Jewish place. So mm-hmm. I don't get like, I don't get to be around that energy as yeah. much as I'd like. Um, it's so amazing how cultural it is. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think, I mean. I can't speak for those guys. I, you know, none of us are really. The God thing is just, yeah. you know. We were talking about the patriarchy before on this last uh, the last episode, mm-hmm. and I always feel like, oh well, you know that we're we we built that, you know the the one the one male God thing, Christianity is like is like, they all got it from us. That was like a that was a bad yeah. idea that everyone took. It's like, you know, it, it's it's like a I don't know like some weird drum miking sound from the 80s that then everyone did at that point like oh that was but the patriarchy idea. seems like such a white it's like i don't know that american stuff you know yeah. that white stuff i don't you know i can't take responsibility for that stuff i just you know my ancestors were hiding from the cossacks wandering the ukraine barefoot right. we we we, we did not do this. <laughs> Our grandparents probably ran into each other. Yes. So, but let's let's talk uh, before we. I'm, I'm sure we can get into all this with your question, but I want to talk <laughs> with you about uh, Wild Honey Orchestra first. Mm. That's kind of what the theme of this is all. You're, mm. you're all the guests on the show mm-hmm. are people who perform with Wild Honey. How long have you been performing with Wild Honey? I have been in that crew, I think, for five or six years. Five or six years. Was this the first? Now you sang. Your was this the first time that you sang that you got your own number? No, I got. Uh, actually, the first year I ever did it, I sang. It was weird because they thought of me as, as a, a singer. singer first. I didn't know anybody in that camp mm-hmm. except Dave Jenkins, and I had met Darian once, yeah, years ago. And like we were talking out there, the Wondermans are one of my favorite bands. So good, so good. And I'm just you know, just the biggest fan of his. And I met him once at like Nam, and I went up to him and said something, but he didn't remember me. Yeah. But Jenkins was the guy that. You know, I've befriended him over the last 10 years mm-hmm. or as long as he's been coming to Canners. And he said, we do this thing. You know, it's we're going to we're going to do Sgt. Pepper and Rubber Soul. And it's this band with all these people and da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, my God, I, what should I play? What should I say? He goes, just show up at Swing House on Wednesday. And I'm like, but what do I, I do? He goes, just show up. Just show up. So mm-hmm. I showed up at the rehearsal. All these people are coming in and out. And they're running songs. And then at one point, they were like, let's run Sgt. Pepper. You know, and they're like, we don't have a singer on that one. You know, we don't even know who's doing it. And no one here can sing that, you know. And then they're like, "Does any can anybody sing it? And then I kind of looked at Jenkins, and he looked at me, and he kind of raised an eyebrow and yeah. went, this is what I meant by just show up, that something will happen. And so I'm like, you know, I can do it. And so I, I killed it. And then, of all people, it was Darian who stood up. He's like, okay, I don't know who the hell this guy is or where he came from, but he needs to be in the show. So you and did you, you did Sgt. Pepper's, the the, open, the first one? Not I the, did the first one. It was 20 years ago today. Sergeant and Pepper I did the reprise. The band, the play. And I did the reprise. So that year, you know, they were like, yeah, it was Darian. He was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he just killed it. He needs to be in the show. Give him a song. And so Jenkins was like, huh. Yeah. And so Jim's the drummer, and they had another drummer guesting, and I, I don't remember Jim if Laspiza. I played. Yeah, Jim Laspiza. Yeah. I don't remember if I played. I think I might have double drummed on one song, but it got to the point where they, you know, the next year I don't remember what we did. Was it Abbey Road? And um, 
I don't remember what we did, but I all of a sudden I was in the vocal troupe. Right. You know, they had me as a singer and they would give me songs to sing and maybe I would double drum. You know, Jenkins knew I was a drummer. Yeah. A couple of the people knew. But it got to the point where I was, I forgot, I think it was Vicky, it might have been Debbie Peterson from the Bengals. We were talking and she's like, look at those drums on stage because Jenkins wanted me to bring drums. You know, yeah. I have a nice sizable yeah. vintage yeah. collection and so I was like supplying the drums and she's like look at those Ludwigs up there those are like 50 Ludwigs I'm like yeah those are mine and she's like those are yours <laughs> she goes what's a singer doing with like drums <laughs> like they didn't know I was a drummer right you know so um and then that changed um I think by the next year I got a song or two and then um Jordan was helping out on the keyboard end I think by the second or third one that I did. And at that point, Jenkins, you know, he's like, let's get All Day Sucker in there. Which is a great thing. Love and we that. did, you know, so we've been doing it for the last four years, I think, as a band, three or four years. And, um, yeah, I slowly get more and more, you know, songs as far as the drumming goes. And they've given me, you know, lead songs, which is amazing because when you think of all the people that are in the, in the camp and in the family yeah. and, you know, it's like, I mean, I can sing and play, whatever, but like, you know, these guys have known each other. This is like, yeah, no, there's a, it's a, it's, it's a serious family, and they I go back twenty years. No, it's like when you get when the other people singing are like the guys from the Three O'clock, and yeah, you got Darian and like, like Susan Castle, and then the L.A. Paisley Underground yeah. power pop scene, and it's like, you know, I can sing and play, but who the fuck am I? Well, can I curse? Is that yeah, a, yeah, you totally. All right. You know who? Who am I? Well, I think so, that it's it's one of the things that I thought was really I enjoyed about I, in seeing the show. They even announced, introduced All Day Sucker as the band with one of the bands within the band. Yeah, and they're particularly there. I was, I love the. If you people listen to the show, know that I love the elders of rock and roll. I have huge respect for the people who have come before me and the people who even come along beside me, but have maybe cut a, a wider trail. Um, but I think there's also something. There was something really great about watching the show and seeing, particularly, uh, the Bebop Alula guys and All Day Sucker, that there are these bands that are not sort of famous acts coming back to to this to their moment of glory, but bands that are very much we're still trying to make we're still out there working the yeah. you know, working the I don't know, uh the rough end of the rock and roll street. There's a class of musicians that are forever hungry and that makes it makes them current as opposed to like oh well it's great to see I don't want to say anyone like oh Mickey Dolenz is a good example very very famous and it's great to have him there and it's a different thing like than having it's not he doesn't have his five bandmates that he plays with every week on stage to play with them mm -hmm. and seeing what you guys did with your song and what the song you, that you did was We'll See We'll See which is a deep deep cut it's never it never hit a record. It, there yeah. was a demo on one of the box sets. It was a great, great right. choice. But it was funny because I went up to Richie, and you know, during one of the rehearsals, or it might have been the the day of the show, the sound check, and I said, "Can I, you know, pick your brain for a second? He goes, "Sure." And I said, "We'll see." And he was like, "I saw that. That's in the set. You're doing that." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Well, the band I'm in is doing that." He goes, "What's that about?" I'm like, "You tell me the song. What's the deal with the song?" And he was like, "We." hold on yeah we were it was for the second record we were you know writing and pre-producing the second record and then yeah it just kind of fell by the wayside I'm like it's a great tune he goes yeah 
He goes, I don't know what happened. Those things just happen sometimes. And I was like, well, we finished it. <laughs> yeah. Because we kind of turned it into like. You turned it in. It's an all day. So, I mean, what, if you don't know. To me, it's like a Who song now. Well, you know, we kind of like yeah. took it there, you know. But, but if you don't know that song, which is pretty much everyone there. And if you know All Day Sucker, like I did, I was just like, oh, well, this is. This, it starts with that nice vocal harmony thing that you guys will do on a lot of your songs. Uh, the vocal harmonies with the with All Day Sucker are really phenomenal. People haven't checked out the band. I highly recommend it. Just oral candy. <laughs> and their, your version of the Radio 8 Ball theme song, which you contributed mightily to, is yes. really, it was a bar, raise the bar. You know, I, I can guarantee that Chris Price wouldn't have worked as hard well, it's funny, the, the whole, it's, it's almost like we're, you know, it's like the Beatles and the Stones without... Friendly one-upmanship. Without the money and the creativity and the anything else. But yeah, we're always kind of like, you know, it's, I love Chris. Chris is just, yeah, you know, he's a little younger than we are. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I'm from Miami. Yeah. And that's where Chris and his brother are from. Yeah. And I met them years ago when, uh, you know, I've been in LA like 18, 19 years, but... Probably like 10, 11 years ago, I remember going down to Miami and someone was like, you got to go see these guys. It might have been Fernando Perdomo because I've known Fern for forever. And this was before Fernando moved out here. And he's like, you got to see these guys. You know, they were called Price. Yeah. You know, they had another brother who's a drummer. And, you know, they were like the Miami Cuban power pop version of the Jackson 5. <laughs> wow. And uh, I'm like, what are these guys doing here? And what is <laughs> like, they were just an anomaly, you know. And uh, I'm glad Chris is out here doing the deal because, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's... He's a musicologist. He's great. Uh, he's, we had a fun time with him on the show. And yeah. they're, uh, again, with the, the Bebop Alula, the song that they did. What was the one they did? I don't remember. But it was so good. I just remember it was good. Uh, Do you think Shamalama Ding Dong would have been a better name? Uh, Maybe I could ask the Oracle. <laughs> my mind's going to Animal House. Exactly. Um, Chris Price loves us. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to get to your question, but I did have one. Uh, so my one thing I keep meaning song. to ask was uh, everyone who's been here and I haven't yet is when do you get your when do you know like how soon before the show the show is uh, was just. This, you know this what's February funny? September. When did you get your songs? When did you the set list come? I'll put myself on blast. I know a lot about music, but there are serious holes in my mm -hmm. in my brain, you know. And there's things I can break down that, you know, many of the people in our crew couldn't and have mm -hmm. no interest in breaking down. And then there's other things where I'm woefully deficient. And the last three years have been examples of me being woefully deficient. Not really into the band? It's not a question of not being in. Yeah. You know, I love Levon, and I was familiar with maybe four or five songs. Right. But I didn't go Dylan band route. You know, I might have been in Miles Davis land or Bud Powell land. Right. You know, there's just certain, you know, but I've always, you know, especially in adulthood, admired Levon, and there's drummers that I love and respect that would always cite him as an influence so going back through that you know and having to learn that music because like everybody in this camp is a fucking musicologist you know right. so last year especially because jordan is really into the band you know and i'm like dude i don't want to be that guy that doesn't know like <laughs> lucy in the sky with diamonds like you gotta help yeah. me here and so i went on a you know 
I was reading interviews. I, I read oh, Levon's book. I, I, you know, Jordan's like, listen to this. J.J. Blair said, you should play this song. Jordan's like, you need to sing and play this one. It's right up your alley. And I just did a Which crash did course. Last year I did um, Life is a Carnival. Oh, I love that yeah. song. Oh, that's one of my favorite. That and I did uh, King Harvest with Terry Reed, which was great. pretty awesome, too. But I didn't know those songs. You know, and now the band's like one of my favorite bands. So the same thing happened this year. The difference is, in adulthood, I've become a huge Neil Young fan. I've always been a Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew a little bit of it, but I didn't know a lot of Buffalo Springfield. Right. You know, outside maybe three songs. So I had to do my homework again, you know, and I was a little late to the party this year because of, you know, stuff going on with me professionally. You know, but this year it was a, it was a question of, you know... Now that I've known these guys, like Rob Lawford, the musical director, you know, he's like, you know, one of these songs, you know, Buddy Miles actually played drums on and, mm -hmm. you know, you'd be perfect for that one, you know, and Darian wants you to, you know, there was one by the Mojo Men and, you know. Oh, you were, the, yeah, you were playing drums on the sit down, I think. I like yeah. That's, a, that was, a, I think that you was, know, so certain guys. That was one the, of the standouts, I thought. That was a great, that's a great. It was he kind of it was such a fun both, arrangement. Uh, yeah, they, they, you could tell like the Brian Wilson band was definitely in. Evidence. Well, Van Dyke, I believe, uh, either produced or arranged the Mojo Men version. Oh, okay. So you got that accordion and you got all this, the you know, pedal steel, Woo! all that weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Darren was like, "Let's do that, but let's throw in the Buffalo Springfield solo section." And he actually edited a version of both. Oh, he slipped Buffalo Springsteen in the middle of the Mojo Men, and everybody got an Buffalo email. Yeah, Buffalo Springsteen. Yeah, Buffalo Springsteen. Born to Rome. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. It's coffee. Do we have coffee? No, yeah. I love I love it. So, yeah, he put, like, a thing together for everybody that, you know, edited it together, and it was super cool. But, yeah, I had to go on a crash course with this stuff. So, but you didn't tell me how soon, like, one, like a month, two months? How I'd much time do you have? Uh, it's about a month and a half month and a half and the yeah. first rehearsal how many rehearsals I know you do the we started rehearsing the core band would start rehearsing at Rob's and that happened I'd say maybe five weeks before the show got it cool on Sundays you know we'd get together maybe it'd be group A or group B you know because there's Jim and Derek yep had th they were on a, a you know a sizable amount of songs and then there were other bass players and a couple of other drummers, you know, me included, that were cool. on some other. When you're songs, saying so. names, you say full names because people don't know who Jim and Derek are. Jim Laspiza and Derek Anderson. Of course. Uh, so, and I'm going to get to your question, but one last thing for you: if you could do, if you could pick any, again, we've established that we're not advocating for them to do anything different than they would do. But if you, who's they? Uh, Wild Honey. But if you were, all of a sudden, they said, you're going to choose the the act for next year mm -hmm. who would you who would you want to do more than anyone um it's been almost four years mm -hmm. and i know you know if paul rock's listening i know you're sick of it <laughs> but it is our wheelhouse and i would do one of two things i would do i would go back to the beatles because it's really it's like it's like the talmud right for like rabbis right like this whole camp can tell you what part of the song it slows down, yeah. where the laugh is, where the, the double vocal cuts out a beat early. Yeah. We know these songs like the back of our hands. And it would be fun to do the Beatles movies volume one 
and you could take a later movie, either Magical Mystery Tour or Let It Be, mm -hmm. and couple that with an early movie, Help, Hard Day's Night, you know, or even do maybe, you know, add Yellow Submarine. You can get a couple years out of that. Or, anonymously, people have been saying it would be cool to do uh, solo Beatles. Solo Beatles. 1970 to 1980. Oh, just wow. put a set together of, uh, I like you know, that. Almost, can I can I jump in from this because yeah. we're playing this game of fantasy? Yeah. What I and this is this is like a game that I've played. It's like if you could, ima like match up the records and imagine what the, if they had just kept playing together as the Beatles. So like do it oh, we, as you know who you who's the best at that. There's two people yeah. that'll kill you with that, Darian, yeah, and Chris Price. Yeah, and a couple of years ago we went like up to 1979. Like with what the records would be, I'd see now that would be a total. That's that would be that would nerd it en up enough that there's it's something kind of I'll ridiculous to do it. But th th what's not ridiculous is thinking what the next one would be. Right. You know, if they had put out one at the end of '70, yeah, that's kind of easy to see what that would have been. But what would have been by the time we get to McCartney one? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like who yeah. the hell knows. But for me, as like one of the biggest fans of that band, I mean, they started everything for me. Yeah. You know, till the end of all of them, you could always hear, to me, none of their albums ever equaled what they did as a band. There were right. always weird moments yeah. on all the records, even my favorite yeah. solo records. Oh, yeah. No, Plastic no. Ono Band, in my opinion, is the best solo Beatle record ever made. Now, people will say All Things Must Pass, or they'll say Ram, or to me, it's all about Plastic Ono oh, come Band. On. Oh, come on. Band on the Run? Band on the Run's great. It's great. There's just something so confessional. The older I get, I'm with you. No, the more I, I, I'm I, I, about John as much as I love Paul. I love you know. I, but I, every one of those records had one or two songs really. Like, ah, all right. Yeah. There yeah. isn't one record any of them ever put out that was all perfect front well, to back. Well, and the reason it's perfect, that the Beatles are perfect, because you get to have these different voices. Like, you really do have... You always get a break from from one of them that makes you want to hear the other one. But and the flip yeah. side is you'll always hear, even now when McCartney puts something out, there'll always be one or two moments on every record where you're like, that would have been a Beatles song. Yeah. You just hear it. Yeah, yeah. The idea of doing, uh, like getting the music nerds on the Beatles follow-up to Abbey Road would have been if they didn't break up and doing that tribute to that with as the Beatles would be amazing. I love That's actually a really good idea. I love That's a mixture of both. <laughs> I love fantasy bands like that like we uh, I did a project with a friend who's been on the show a bunch a guy named Scott Taylor where we did a band called My Brave Face. That <laughs> the idea was it's all the songs that Elvis and Paul Elvis Costello and Paul McCartney wrote together. Have you heard the demos? Oh yeah. Yeah. Performed as if Paul McCartney joined the attractions in 1990 or 92 and they so it's like it would have been earlier than that that would have been 88 oh, sorry 88 in 88 89 so yeah. you know so with steve naive on the keyboards but uh you, you should tell jordan you that. don't have bruce thomas on you have paul mccartney on the bass right and maybe like that would make elvis happy oh i know <laughs> I, they, they never played it but it was so much it, it was such a it was i love doing those kind of tributes that it, you have to already you have to know something of the story those to, songs are great oh yeah, no, the, that that collaboration, 
the fact that they never really did anything with it on their own and they just they farmed the songs out to each other has always seemed so yeah they each got a couple records each out of of those songs some of their best so like candy is one of those so songs veronica is one of those songs what's the that day is done you want her to is that mistress and maid uh, you you want her to the lovers that never were just goes on and on it's ridiculous That'd be really funny. There are some of those songs in the Radio 8 Ball app. Maybe it would be great if we get one of those. I actually am hoping we get an all-day sucker song as the answer. But let's get to your question. Because we, David, I could talk with you for just about ever. It's we so could much fun. kibitz forever. I love it. But we probably have Nelson coming. We have Nelson Bragg coming. He'll be, is he in, he's in the studio. Okay, great. So Nelson w- was the vocal director this year. I know. That's why I invited him. Yeah. Well, and he's also an old friend. We, we'll get into it on the Excellent. show. Excellent. Uh, so... Mr. Goodstein, mm-hmm. your question for the Pop Oracle. It is now time to engage the Pop Oracle. I know you were a little bit... Uh, I don't... Do I want to get political? I mean, we're talking about music and everything's so nice and idealistic. We're talking about... Whatever you want to talk about. You know, what would have happened if the Beatles stayed together? And that's a great question. It's so good, but do we really want to, you know, whatever s- you, sober it up here? With, it's whatever you want to ask. You know, there's no okay, wrong... Okay, does karma exist... And more specifically, will this lying, un-American piece of waste get caught? So, which one? It, it, does karma exist? Let you, let, you know what? For the sake of, for the, I, we can totally get the context, but I think for the sake of keeping it uh, universal, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great question. Does karma exist? It's a great, great question. Do you mind if we we shorten it to that, and we'll keep the the, well, obviously. The question is also there for these the villains in our lives. Will they get their comeuppance? Does karma exist? Hashtag, can this president go 24 hours without lying? Okay. Uh, so let's open up the Radio 8 Ball app. Have you seen this cool app that we have? Whoa. You can download it for right now from Google Play and soon... If you're listening to it, maybe now you can listen to it from iTunes. Right mm-hmm. now, as we're recording it, we don't have the iTunes version up yet. So we have now entered the Pop Oracle. Ooh. Now, speak your question, David Goodstein. Does karma exist? Shake to engage. Shake to engage, sir. What happened to the sound effect? Song. Uh-huh. Oh, wait to God, this is the same song. We're doubling up on songs. It's really rare. This is how things get over. Not with a bang, but with a Is it gone? Was it ever if it's done? 
That was Veda Hilly. That was already the answer to an, a song on to a question on this episode from Sid Straw, which is crazy because there's literally like 1,700 songs in this. Wow. So the odds of one coming up are twice is monumental. Which Maybe means she's onto something. There's probably something there, mm. uh, and I and it's great. We're going to get to demonstrate something that I a, a principle about the show that I I like to talk about, but I don't really get an opportunity to demonstrate as much as I'd like. Which is that when you change the question, it's not the same answer. Even though the same song comes up, there were lines that meant something when it was Sid's question that means something totally different for yours. So your it's question... It's not the same answer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so karma, is does karma exist? And dot, dot, dot. Mm. Well, we'll come up and come to the villain in the White House. So I have some ideas about that, but let's start with you. What did, what did you think about that as the answer to your question? Were there any lines that jumped out to you that... To be honest, it was difficult to discern the lyrics. Yeah. Maybe it's the headphones, but... Um... Yeah. Well, let me... Ju- I'll jump in, because I had some ideas. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I, are you familiar with the concept of the Akashic Records? No. It's a, it's an esoteric... Uh, it's something I learned when I was doing some mystery school work, so esoteric, ancient teachings. It's, it's like karma. It's like the idea that everything in your life is entered in these called the Akashic Records, and that people who are able to, you know, people who are incredible, deep meditators who are able to, like, you've heard of astral projection, probably, Mm -hmm. like people are able to meditate to the point where they can, like, travel and see things in the future, see things at different places, like that Men Who Stare at Goats movie, like, they were doing that kind of work. Well, Akashic Records, the idea is that with that, when you have that ability, you also have the ability to go into, like, to sort of go into the library of your evolution as a being. So it's like like karma. It's like the idea of karma. So whenever she's talking, I will carve a record just for you. I will carve it like, I will make it like the old days with a hammer and a chisel and a rifle a great image of like what you used to make a record. Uh, but it made me think of the, that, yeah, the, the song is saying, yes, everything is, is there's a record of everything. And so in that sense, there's a, there's some, I think the, the song is saying, yes, that there's karma. And then 
I don't know. For for me, when you were the 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 addendum to your question about the the ugly, I don't like to I don't like to give him any more promo, so I don't like to say his name on my show. But we know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that that line about the ugly concentration on my face, like, I I it, it's a different thing when she said like what she's singing about. I I think she's sort of I don't know actually what she what she means, but. I don't think it means what I'm making it mean for him, which is that sense of a dumb person trying to master things that are well well beyond their grasp. And that just sort of look of like he has a sort of a hateful look constantly, like the sneering, ugly concentration on his face. And again... When you talk as you know as, as Jews in a room, you can't say concentration without. Well, he came from yeah. nothing, and he's worked so hard, tirelessly helping so many people his whole life. That would, you know, <laughs> that would make you upset too. Sarcastic bastard. <laughs> so, uh, was there any anything there that that struck you when you asked the question about karma? Um, do you believe in karma? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about that stuff. I really don't. But you're curious. I don't know. The older I get, the the more I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we had done this show when I was 21, I knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know anything. I'd rather have you on the show now. Yeah. Yeah. I... Well, I definitely have more to talk about. <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't really get into it, but, uh, you know, with the, when you were, when All Day Sucker was on Radio 8 Ball, mm-hmm. remember my, what my question was? My the question I started off with? I do not. Asking about the the swastikas on the ceiling of of Cantor's. Yes, <laughs> your eyes like oh yeah. I had I had worked. I I'd been in therapy and worked hard to forget that how <laughs> uncomfortable that question made me feel. No, I did. You notice the Alex Theater? No, all around the the whatever the I guess the proscenium or whatever around the the edges of the stage. Swastikas, swastikas, swastikas. Really? All over Glendale. They made me go home and do some research. I Glendale think... has swastikas all over them. Well. <laughs> they started in the late 1920s. And then when, uh, then, I don't know how. Well, maybe it was still yeah, a, it was, a Hindu symbol. It was then. still a Hindu symbol, but then they went through. I mean, a, talk about a, a co-opt. Well, here's, <laughs> but you, they went through, a, they were able to in turn a, Millions of Japanese people. They were able to purge communists all throughout the fifties, but they can't get the swastikas off the. They're not just in the Alex Theater. They're on the like five hundred lampposts in Glendale, and huh. they tried to get them to take some some a uh, Jewish group in the nineties tried to get them to take it off, and they said no. Well, there's <laughs> a joke in there somewhere. I, I can't find you can't it. Can't find it. Right I can't. Now. There is a joke in there somewhere. This is where I could use Jordan. Yeah, this is where you need your mates. This is where I do. your, your you primates. Know, you know, my solo stuff will <laughs> never be as good as what I do with the band, right? <laughs> you you get it. You get some good ones in with the on the all day soccer. I encourage people who are fans, or are maybe fans of comedy at the expense of my format, <laughs> will love the all day soccer episode of Radio Eight Ball. You guys were nuts. Yeah, there was, you know. And then you know what? Then Bebopalula were on, and they did similar. They were similar. I was just like, this is what happens when you have bands. I think it's yeah. It's a bands bring out the the best, bring out the and the worst and all of in, us. in each other. So and then you put mics in front of us. It's a wrap. Oh yeah. Well, you didn't you know, but you've 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 done great. This is why I wanted to have you in here individually because, whereas it was like it was annoying me when everyone was talking over each other right. when we were all together. Everyone in the band is someone who I would love to have 
just sit down and have a conversation with about music. Well, you can have conversations with us instead of just <laughs> listening to one of us talk all the time. Right. But. <laughs> so before I let you go, is there are there any projects other than All Day Sucker and the regular Tuesday nights at the at the Kibitz Room that you want to let people know about? Um, hmm. Well, Joe Perry just released a solo record that I am the main drummer on. That was a fun project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with lots of interesting guests like Terry Reed and Robin Zander and uh, Robert DeLeo on bass. And uh, yeah, that was a fun project. And we did a couple shows. There might be some shows coming up. Don't know. We hope. Um, what else? There's a great songwriter on the East Coast named Pat McGee. I'm going to be doing some gigs with him next month. And, Let's um, get Pat McGee on Radio 8-Ball. Hey, next time he's out here, we should. Yeah. That would be fun. He's a good guy. Talented guy. Um, Yeah, and some other things that I don't know if I can talk about them. So. Yeah, well, if you do. <laughs> I'm not going to. We can always, you know, if you if you, if you have something, we'll, we'll put all of them in the links of this podcast and the blog post. Life is good. It Life could always good. be worse. It could be a little better. But who's complaining? Thanks for listening to Radio 8-Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.